the fuck down. Have you ever heard of Jungle Boy? Have I ever heard of Jungle Boy? You, you know, guys got Jungle Boy? Jungle, Jungle Boy himself. Jungle Bee. Tell him. Tell him how much you love the Dark Order. Shut the fuck up first off. This is Jungle not Jungle Boy? This is Griff Garrison! Oh, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? This is Griff Garrison! He's Griff Garrison? Griff Garrison! Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Who the fuck's Griff Garrison? Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? That's fucking Griff Garrison! It's Tuesday, and you know what that means. And we're back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall! With a 60-minute time limit. Coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds. Recording to you from Rochester, New York. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... Bobby. The Cake Master B. And once again, we're bringing you the last edition of this year of the... Wrestleocalypse. Thank the Dark Lord, it is upon us. And that's the end of the year I'm talking about. Yes, it is the end of the year. It is the last episode of the year, but not last episode forever. Last episode of the year. We um, are about to make it through and onward and upward. Before we get into our year in the rear view, I just want to touch base. As most of you already know, we lost Brody Lee, whose real name is John Huber. Um, over the weekend, he wrestled for AEW, WWE, Ring of Honor. And, um, I mean, I enjoyed the guy's work, but what I'm really um, astounded about is just the amount of outpour and how this guy touched people's lives outside of the ring. And that's something, you know, everybody, they all play characters and stuff like that, but it's just, it's just crazy that how much, how much of a positive impact he had on the whole business on, on every, every single wrestler that he's wrestled with. Yeah, and it's he's really because, you know, he's a, a very modern day wrestler in his career, you know. And so a lot of what people are sharing is like, it's so awesome that we all have this ability to take pictures so easily now and capture those moments. And, you know, so there's all these pictures of him photobombing all throughout the years, you know. And then people have screenshots of like text messages when he like, you know, Marco Stunt put one up of when he he got knocked out and Brody Lee checked on him, John checked on him, you know, and just like the kindness is like, it's like they have the receipts now, which is like, it's, it is, it's very um, sad, right? Because you knew that he touched so many people's lives and a lot of people are feeling that loss, but also it's like gratifying to know that like, it's not all the dark side of the ring stories. It's not all these like, you know, it is a family type affair and you have these really great people like him in it. Right. And it's just, I don't know. I was, it, it kind of floored me because my whole timeline on Instagram was just like different stories of just like every single wrestler from like Randy Orton to Xavier Woods to um, AJ Styles and everyone in between John Silver. 
And it's just like, I know when wrestlers pass, there's always condolences and respects paid, but the consistent outpour of his actions outside the ring and how it affected others so positively really speaks volumes. So, you know, as we start this, let's dedicate this one to Mr. John Huber. Indeed. And on that note, we are doing things a little different this time. We're finishing up our year-end awards, um, and we've got some good ones, the big ones. Um, Some of them may be the shorter ones, but we'll get into that in a couple ones. So um, we'll go bottom to top. I starting with the what the fuck moment of the year. Yeah, I like this one. This is a good one to start with. You could go ahead and start it off. So mine was the super showdown um, part of the colossal debacle that the WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia is. We had Greenberg taking the title off of the fiend in a squash match. Yeah. <laughs> In a squash match. And then, apparently, uh, Vince and the Brass boned out early. They cut the broadcast short. And possibly, Saudi Arabian officials denied the WWE plane from leaving their airspace until it was all settled in. And it's like, that is just insane. That's not even a real story for a company that's World Wrestling Entertainment. Just the whole thing about it. It's like, it boggled my mind. Especially the fiend dropping the title to Greenberg in such a hideous way, right. and this also didn't this spawn. This eventually led to Braun Strowman being strapped, which I mean, oh, Jesus man. Christ! I mean, that just you could honestly say that just led. That was like the catalyst of a series of what the fuck moments by the WWE, and I think they've made a shit ton of what the fuck moments for the past, like I don't know. 10 years so but yeah those were pretty those are pretty egregious and i honestly i i want to agree with that but just with the sake of being different i wanted to put two sides so i put one of mine i put um the AEW doctors allowing matt hardy and alex reynolds to wrestle following their injuries during their respective matches so i'll just go by it like one at a time so matt hardy wrestled sammy Guevara at all out that was on september 5th it was like an ultimate deletion or something match, or I don't think it was the ultimate deletion, but it was like a it's like a hardcore match. And what he he got power bombed, and he was supposed to go through two tables, but he overshot. And he landed on the back of his head, and he was he was obviously very dazed and not there. He was there physically, but mentally he was gone. They had doctors on hand, and they checked him, and Matt Hardy kind of shrugged them off, and they let him keep going, and I. That's really goddamn dangerous because that guy, Matt Hardy, was out on his feet. And, you know, of course he's going to say he wants to keep going, but you are the professional. You are the doctor. You're supposed to look out for this guy's well-being. Matt Hardy's bunk card is damn near almost full, and they let him go. The what the fu- That's one what-the-fuck moment. But to top it off, on October 21st, Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order wrestled a match, and he took another bump. And he was out. Like, I'm telling you, they were wrestling the match, and he was not moving on the canvas. And they had to pull him, uh, the buddy, and I believe Butcher, or uh, one of them, pulled him out of the ring so he could not, because he was still, like, you know, getting moves done to him because the other guys that were wrestling didn't know about the situation. And all I'm saying is there are producers in the back. There are people in the back watching this, hopefully. 
And I don't understand why they would not send someone out there to just take him out of the match at least or go home. But like, those are my what the fuck moments. And um, I mean, that's just wrestler safety is number one. And I think both of those touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. Those were both crazy. And it, you know, it brings up just how they're still like wrestling is still finding its way with all of the, you know, concussion protocols and how to um, police it. But those are so egregious, you know, that it's hard not to call them out. Right. Well, on to our next category. We're going to go in for best return. So um, I think Bobby and I, we did two of each, which is good because um, I think we're unanimous in saying that we welcome back with open arms Major League Wrestling and their restart, which has been nothing but nothing short of spectacular. Yeah, it's been super good. Just the way they had a few hiccups in the kind of the first episode, but I imagine that was just because, like everybody else, they were just coming back, taping their stuff. But the more recent episodes, production quality has been great. Matches have been great. Storylines continue to develop. They put a lot of good wrestling in an hour. They don't need three which is very refreshing because, you know, you can get through it. You, it's just very easy to watch. Um, and then, yeah, the Opera Cup has been just spectacular. And uh, this, uh, we have a new Opera Cup champion since last time we talked. And, yep. I mean, he wears short shorts, but he's a good wrestler. Oh, yeah. That's um, Filthy Tom Lawler, as we predicted, um, which was a great, just great clinic with low key man. Like you're talking about, you want to see like a wrestling match. And, and if you're not, if you don't want to see any flippy stuff or no selling, you watch that match. Cause that is like professional wrestling. One Oh one. Very good. But um, Bobby, you had another best return, right? Oh, believe that. Hell yeah. yeah. We would not have expected it, but Roman reigns due to, his family and his own health issues. He opted out of the initial WWE return during the beginning of the incredibly ongoing um, pandemic. And he got a lot of flack from it, actually, it seemed from fans yeah. and, and little, little digs from other wrestlers, but uh, the way they brought him back and what he did that first show and then onward and upward is, as Xander likes to say, I mean, it's it's paid off in dividends so huge for both WWE and Roman Reigns per, as a wrestler, you know. Yeah, and I know Bobby and I have gone on record that you know Reigns is not our the Roman Reigns character is not our favorite to watch was not our favorite to watch. Nothing against Joe Anwar, but the way he just you know this is the role that he's supposed to be in. Like, are there? It's, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but like it's way better than what they had him doing and you know like i always say better late than never so that was a that's a good return and it's still paying dividends till this day as we speak so it's one of the more interesting stories that are going on the wwe for my other best return i um you're gonna see a little um theme here in my picks it's the return of the motor city machine guns chris saban and alex shelley they came back to impact wrestling and they took the titles off the north and if you we don't we haven't touched on them a lot but the motor city machine guns are just one of the most 
crisp tag teams on the planet. They don't get a lot of hype and they don't get talked about enough. But go on the YouTube machine, check out their match versus the North, and just check out all their stuff in general. It's really cool. Um, Chris Dave and Alex Shelley have been in the game for a long time. And just it's just it was really cool to see them back and they didn't even miss a beat. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk more about um, some of those other people a little bit later. But the best moment of the year, and I think this was a tough one because some of the things I liked the most weren't really great moments. Um, and I think this one that you put was, uh, and I think it would have, I think it was good despite the fact that there was no crowd because right. it was a really nice payoff. Yep. And the reason why I put it, because I kind of condensed the Royal Rumble and the WrestleMania title win. And if you go into the archives, I did call Drew McIntyre winning the Rumble, and he was building momentum. And the pop that he got when he won the Royal Rumble, when he eliminated Brock Lesnar, then won the Royal Rumble, was tremendous. And you could tell, like, this is the guy that they, that are, that's next in line. And then... Obviously, the baddest heel in the game hits, and, you know, he's wrestling for the most prestigious title at the most prestigious pay-per-view in a gymnasium. And, you know, it just, you feel for the guy, but, you know, talk about making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Drew McIntyre did it. It was a short match, but just the simple fact when he raised the belt and he looked in the camera and he said thank you to the crowd because, you know, that, that was the moment right there that kind of made it for me because he did he made it work without there. Cause that's everyone's crowning moment, man. Is Brett, we remember Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels, you know, Bret Hart winning it again. You could just go down the list. And then you had McIntyre in this era and, you know, hopefully he gets the shine he deserves, but he's already doing it. And like, that's why he had my pick for best moment. Cause he, he made, like I said, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah. I was thinking about some other ones. I just couldn't like one of it. Like they, I really love the AJ Styles Undertaker match. Yeah, that was a good one. And one of it has become it's become just a really great meme. Is like the AJ Styles, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it was like that was cool because it felt like it really was truly the end of the Undertaker's career. And that was like to me that was cool because like okay the cinematic match this is it. Like, this is the last time this is the end of like his in ring career. And so far it turned out that it has been. Yeah. Um, and they should keep it that way because that was the perfect way for him. I mean, I, I know we were upset with the ending of the match, but we also didn't think that this would be the undertaker's last hurrah. And, you know, if anybody doesn't deserve to go out on their back, it's the undertaker, you know? So like, I'm kind of, you know, backtracking and reassessing my thoughts. And since that was his last time, it was just perfect with him riding the bike into the darkness and like ending it there was pretty cool. So I, I have to give it that as well. Yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously I want to say best return. You got to talk a little bit about sting. One of the things I had a hard time with this list is I feel like I didn't give a lot of credit to a lot of things that have been happening in the last like four or six weeks. Cause it's like, I feel like, Oh, well that's just me. Like that's the bias of recency. Yeah. I know what you mean, but I was, doing, I, I, like, I was doing that too, 
I was just trying to like, I would think of something recent and then I was go, I would go back in my notes and stuff like that. And then just see, and then I actually had time actually this time to like weigh everything out, but I get what you mean. Yeah. So as we go through this, there may be some things like that's one of the reasons I up, up above, I put TBD, but anyways, tag team of the year. I mean, this is obvious, right? It's got to be the bucks of youth. Does it not? I mean, not this year. It's not, not this year. Two years ago, I would have agreed with you, but this is the year and I'm going to, I'm going to let you, I like yours. I really like yours, but I wanted to be different, but I think yours gets the nod for it. And it's, um, it's the golden role models, Sasha Banks and Bailey that held, they were one of the very few entertaining aspects of raw and smackdown and nxt during this whole COVID era and i'm not going to steal your thunder i'm gonna let you keep going on it yeah i mean we've we've talked about it ad nauseum though i mean they just they worked really good together they were able to elevate um the feuds that they were involved in while simultaneously building their own heat against each other yeah which is a very nuanced uh thing for for performers to do they both are are top of the heap women's wrestlers. Um, they had they had the straps, and I think they just like you know they you talk about chicken salad and chicken shit, man. I think they did it even better because instead of looking at this as as like oh well we can't wrestle in front of people and all this has changed, I feel like they just like grabbed it by the horns and ran with it, and I think they're both better off for it. And they've proven, I mean, they're absolute value to the company. Yep. And this is a perfect example of what we talk about with like long-term booking and like you have your beginning and you have your end game and everybody knew what that end game was between Sasha and Bailey, but it's how you get there. And they got there and it was really that we all knew anybody who watches the product knows that they were on their collision course for a breakup, but the way they got there and the way it's like, Oh, maybe it's here. Maybe it's not. And it was just executed to perfection. And that's why we get so frustrated sometimes with WWE because at times they are capable of doing it. And I understand you cannot, you have a ton of writers. There is, you can, you can do this with a lot of your main um, feuds, but anyways, I'm not going to dig in too deep and doing that, but yeah, Banks and Bailey, they get the nod. And then like on uh, just under the radar, I'm going to give it to the North because they held the titles, the impact titles for over a year. And um, they just had barn burners and matches with the rascals, with the machine guns, with um, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't, I can't remember driving like with um, the good brothers who were there also with um, um, the old timers. They just, they had good matches with everyone and Ethan page, just seeing him from when he came back to impact, then he made the North. And then with, um, it was just, it's just with Josh Alexander, it's just really awesome. And it's a bummer that there he's, he's um, the rumor has it that he's leaving impact, but you know, all good teams are meant to break up, but I like, you know, me and my tag team wrestling, I really dig it in the North. Just we're putting on exquisite matches. So I give them that one B. Yeah. And they can rest, uh, rest their heads knowing that they're the best men's tag team. There we go. Of the year. Yep. There it uh, is. Better next, better luck next year, gentlemen. Um, breakout rest of the year. We talked about him last week quite a bit. You know him as, you know, he's the 
heart and soul of the Dark Order, I would imagine at this point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's um John Silver. And um we yeah, we did talk about him and you know he you, and as you know, we talked about we were all speculating on what was going on with Brody Lee. Obviously, we only know so much, and we were just like we didn't know what the issue was. Obviously, it came to light, but in Brody Lee's absence, John Silver picked it up and he brought like a kind of a new coat of paint to the Dark Order, and it was just it was super entertaining. It was funny, and it was that line between wrestling being serious but funny at the same time but not a stupid funny and it was just he's really good he's a good wrestler he's an entertaining guy behind the scenes and you can just tell that they're having fun with it and it's pretty and it's it's enjoyable yeah i mean he definitely had an opportunity and really took it this year um i think he was really lucky because Last year, there was just with AEW coming to the forefront, we were like, oh, is it MJF? Is it Hangman Page? Is it like all these different young wrestlers? And then, you know, this year really, I mean, he had the best opportunity. We talked also like we feel like, you know, Buddy Murphy broke out a little bit with his program with Seth Rollins and then with the Mysterios uh, kind of on uh, the WWE front. Um NXT has been tough. I mean, I guess you could like, I mean, you could say fucking McAfee, like, yeah, I would give it to Thatcher, I, maybe like if you're looking at NXT, but NXT is still like, it's still the, like the top of the heap. Like nobody really broke through. Like I love Loomis, but he's not quite there yet. He was Loomis would have Loomis would have been my pick had he not gotten injured. And then my second one I also thought of was Damian Priest, but then like he lost a bunch of momentum when he got kept getting stuck with Gargano and that Leon Ruff. And so that kind of like knocked him down a couple pegs. So, and with NXT, like, no, yeah, like you said, nobody really like broke through the top. Everyone's just kind of been kind of bubbling, so to say. Everything's like marinating in NXT and hopefully it all comes to head at New Year's Evil, which is an awesome name, by the way. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Also, coincidentally, a horror movie from 1981, I think. Yes, you are right. Good job. Well, thanks, Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. I Googled it. It was like, the four things named this. Also, uh, Hardy Hardy Brothers and Nancy Drew book. But anyways, John Silver, Breakout Wrestler of the Year. Uh, Really looking forward to it. And I think also uh, really shows the value of like, the behind like being the elite and these pot these these youtube shows yeah as far as being able to generate heat generate fans get people to like you know you um without having to do it in like in the ring you know because they only have so much time yeah it's pretty it's a pretty um innovative thing for them to do like because it's like it doesn't necessarily continue storylines but it kind of gets you to know these guys you know a little bit behind the scenes and on top of it so yeah props to that but now right, we're we'll on take, to our- hold on hold on i just want to then so we watched the behind the uh being the elite the christmas carol and it yeah. totally talks a lot about matt hardy and why he's acting the way he is ah yes it sure right? did, yeah. so they are they do sprinkle in like they sprinkle in some of that like stuff that enhances what you're seeing on wednesday nights you know right so i did like I- that too a lot yeah, and for people that saying it's not that long of a watch, 
but and the thing is if you just watch that it, it does some of the things make more sense and it's not so much like a oh now he's all of a sudden like becoming a heel so it it, it kind of ties everything together yeah yeah and i liked how also the continuing um recruitment of hangman page right that's great that's good yeah so but right. just, uh, you know check it out anyways moving on moving upward as our new um tagline is Female wrestler of the year, which does not mean that it isn't the best wrestler of the year, but it is the best female wrestler of the year. Right. And um, I was on the I was on the fence, and Io Shirai, I typed her name in uh, as I was as I was putting in the show notes. But I mean, it also comes back to thinking about Banks and Bailey and what they yep. did. In yep. the end, I think Io Shirai with her title run, um, probably the straw like. I think I would give it to her. I think more, I don't know. I just like her better at this point. I don't know. I don't yeah. think there's, I, I think you're just like, you're, you're, they're all so close. It had been so excellent all year. Right. Yeah. Like I, I had on my radar, I had Io Shirai, Sasha Banks and Bailey. I had all three of them in mind. And honestly, it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't have mattered. There could, there, there was a case for all three of them to be female wrestler of the year for the WrestleOcalypse. And, you know, I don't think there was a wrong answer in either one of those three. I just really came down to like the, the, like the nitty gritty of it, so to speak. And Io Shirai with her title reign and her dominant wins while Bailey did have one. I had brought it down to, I enjoyed Io Shirai's run a little bit better. Yes. Ongoing run. I would say ongoing yeah. run. Still um, to this day. Yeah. And then, the best male wrestler of the year. Um, I, you know, I think you could make a case for, for any of the three that we have. Yeah. Uh, I think my preference is the resurgent cleaner, Kenny Omega man, all the gold matches with it, matches in triple A. Yep. Holding the titles with hangman page. Yep. Just, I mean, he's, and then finally getting the, the AEW title off Mox and then this crossover thing with impact. I, yeah. mean, I think he's got to be, he's got to be. And, um, you know, but with this prestige, I would have warned Mr. Omega man though, like you better have a good year 2021. Right. You know? Yeah. I can't, I can't like, I can't throw a flag on Kenny Omega. Like, for a guy that was kind of like treading water for a little bit, he just had like, he just got that, you know, little burst of energy and he really knocked everything out of the park from like that split with Hangman on up. He was having good matches with Hangman, but we all know Omega as a singles guy. He's not a tag team. Like he's a great, he's a great wrestler. He can do whatever, but he shines in singles and he is the rightful champion. You know, I'm glad that like Mox had a good run, but now it's time for Omegas to shine and really show what he can do on U.S. soil. My pick, I went with someone who also has been having great matches. You know, we've talked about his little winning streak as of late, but the fact is that I'm going to let it go is because his matches are entertaining, and that's Cody Rhodes. He took the TNT title, and he put it on par with the world title, it's almost like like the um, ECW television champion. 
championship. And um, with Mox not being there a lot, the TNT title was the focal point. And the matches that he had with Ricky Starks, with Eddie Kingston, with Brian Cage, with Brody Lee, and just wrestling different styles and wrestling just different formats of matches and just knocking them all out of the park. Say what you want about him, like, you know, in this win-loss record. The matches he had were bangers. And, you know, and Cody Rhodes, he's, he's the one that's got my vote just because of that fact. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely, like I said, uh, you can make a case for everyone. And then this one I think is like the most entertaining persona in professional wrestling is The Fiend. Yeah. Like, but his matches are all weird and it's all, it's like, it's hard to put him in the, like, the traditional, like what we're looking, what boxes we want checked from a right. pro wrestler of the year. But like, I mean, what he's, he's saved a lot of poor programming he did he did and if it wasn't for the the brains that are in bray wyatt's head this character or whatever would be dead in the water and they've tried to kill it multiple times from greenberg taking the title off him from that stupid red light and the all of a sudden the double count out in a hell in a cell match and like they've tried their best to fuck this guy over but he's just he's been trudging along and through his genius and thankfully he's got the creative control he's able to keep this character afloat and then now with like alexa bliss that adds another layer and then randy orton with it there's just like it's a it's it, it's one of the better characters in wrestling in general match wise there's a lot left to be desired because you know with the character of the fiend and the, with even sweater bray it's very like not based on like bell to bell work and it's just more based upon building the storyline which is fine with me but like that's why he's on the outside looking at Rhodes and Omega. Yeah, but I would say though to like after the last week and a half <clears throat> with the Alexa Bliss's playground and yeah. like I would say that that's shaping up to be it's going to be the most memorable feud right. of the year. I think so uh, and, because we I because I can't really call where this is going honestly. No, like, but I, like, boy, Alexa Bliss is in a good spot, man. Like, yeah, yeah. And I loved her and Nikki Cross together. I but, did too. But, she but she's is doing, like, she, she's knocking out of the park. It. Yeah, she's yeah. killing it right here. So good on her. Yeah, but, man. Uh, before we take a, that was our year in, in the rear view. Whether you agree with us or not, that's what we thought were the highlights of this um, weird year, so to speak, that we had in professional wrestling. I would have liked to given some awards to New Japan, but like they had a, just an atrocious year. Not their fault. They were they were stuck with travel bans and stuff like that. I mean, I had Naito in there, you know, because he's the first person to hold the IWGP Intercontinental and the IWGP title. But I haven't seen too much of him, so I couldn't. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be in good faith to give him that. Yeah, I was thinking about how Will uh, Will Ospreay was quarantined and it took him so long to get back to Japan. And right. now he's got the whole Commonwealth Kingpin thing going on. And uh, I was trying to figure out a way to get him an award because I really like Will Ospreay. But um, 2020 year, 2021 will be their year. So I'm I think sure so. we're going to see them. We'll see them in a year from now. We'll, we'll see where they rank amongst it. But um <clears throat> real quick to wrap up the first half we got two of course because it's pay-per-view season all year long all the fucking time pay-per-view 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 
Although these aren't really pay-per-views. Um, they're just like super baby face television programs. Yeah. But we got like the the MLW Kings of the Coliseum and NXT New Year's Evil. Looking forward to both of those. And um, real quick on Kings of the Coliseum, we have four matches um, on, on paper so far. Um, we got the singles match. We have the, I'm just on Wikipedia. For the MLW World Middleweight Championship champion, Myron Reed goes up against a debuting Leo Rush. Really looking forward to that match. Um, and then we have the MLW National Openweight Championship with Alex Hammerstone going up against Mads Kruger of Contra. And then we have Jordan Alvarez versus Simon Gotch. And then we have the Von Erics versus the Dirty Blondes for the Tag Team Championship. And I'm assuming that we're going to have Jacob Batu up against L.A. Park for the world title. But they're going to put that on paper probably on Wednesday. Yeah, and I, I'm sorry. I would We need do need to correct ourselves. Um, it's Kings of Coliseum. No, the what did I say? We said Kings of the Coliseum. Okay, Kings of Coliseum. There we go. Kings of Coliseum. Okay. So just, we want to be correct. We like accuracy. There we go. I'm really excited about the Myron Reed-Leo Rush match. Um, you know, he Leo Rush, we've talked about a little bit, but go back, watch some of the stuff he did on, on WWE, and you'll see the talent he has. And then I really enjoyed that Myron Reed-Pillman uh, Jr. match yep. um, on the restart. And obviously it was a good way. Brian Pillman is obviously now with AEW, uh, but I thought it was a really good match, and um, I liked I liked Myron Reed, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then I can only imagine what the Hammerstone Mads Kruger match is going to be. Um, I imagine there's going to be some sort of shenanigans, of course. So it'll be interesting to see. I I don't feel like they can Hammerstone can't drop the title. So I mean, and if he does drop the title through shenanigans, that just shows that they're going to set him up for to go up against Fatu and probably take the title from him. Because it seems like from the just from like from history, it looks like they're grooming him to be the one to take the title off Fatu because they lost Davy Boy Smith Jr., they lost Pillman Jr., so this this might be the guy that they want to like put the put the jet strap on, jet pack on. I mean. Yeah, and who who knows what uh, Filthy Tom is going to think after coming off of his his Opera Cup victory? So very true. Um, and the Von Erichs, I like they're they're one of the big the big draws of the company. Um, and it's a championship match with the Texas. It's a Texas Tornado match, so I think that'll be good. Um, I'm not really that familiar with Oliver and Gotch, so I'll, yeah. I'll reserve judgment for the match. But it's a grudge match, so I mean, I yeah, guess that's cool. it'll it'll do its job. But it's something to look forward to. But then also, too, we're going to be having NXT New Year's Evil. And these have a stack of good matches as well, too. So I'll just go from four to one. We have Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher in a fight pit match. That We've seen that before with Thatcher and Matt Riddle. It's probably going to be good. Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez in a last woman standing match. Karrion Cross versus Dam- a returning... A ret- Damon Peace versus a returning Karrion Cross, And then... Number two of Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT championship. Yeah, I mean, I I think Ciampa and Thatcher is going to be really good. I think Balor and O'Reilly is going to be really good. I think, I think Balor retains. I think there might be some shenanigans. Someone from Undisputed might turn on O'Reilly. 
because I don't think they're going to take the title off Balor just yet. I don't know. The crazier things have happened. Yeah, I mean, and there's always a chance of the Kings of NXT getting involved. Right. So, so it's 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 going to be an exciting night to say the least. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and then I can't see. I mean, I feel like Damian Priest is. I mean, I don't know how they book this. I guess. They, they can't they can't let um cross lose because he's coming back and he was the champion so it's just more momentum loss for Damian Priest if he loses that's yeah that's what I think too and it's like so and then I feel like this is like Ra- Raquel Gonzalez is gonna like finally take Rhea Ripley's place <laughs> like yeah she's like the same character on the same push the same run it's yep, like yeah yeah so, so and then like I we were talking about earlier. Wikipedia, maybe it was a glitch in the Matrix, I don't know, but they had, earlier in the day, they are listing a fifth match of Io Shirai versus Tony Storm for the for the women's title. So right. That will run it out. That, will, that has the possibility of, you know, being a really good match. But again, I mean, Tony Storm just came back. Maybe she, maybe she goes over. I, I don't think so, though. I doubt it. And I don't think she should either. But... That was our first half. We first we enjoyed it. We're going to take a quick powder and then we're going to hit you with some cool shit. All right. We'll be back in a second. They say these bars are like COVID. You get them right off the bat. Attracted with SARS and Corona. Like you took a bite off of that. Then it goes from Martian to human. That's how the virus attacks. They come at me with machine guns. Like trying to fight off a net. Still stacking my chips, hoes. Higher than Shaq on his tiptoes. Top the Empire State Building. This shit is like child's play children. I will annihilate, kill them. I fuck around and pile. Eight million dead little juveniles. Wait, children. I'll await my trial. They tilting. Ain't nothing you say could ever trump. Mike Pence will get killed. If you're hypersensitive, I wasn't referencing the vice president. Chill. I mean, my penmanship at times tends to get ill. Violence, but with skill. That's why I hints when I write ends up with the mic and pencil getting killed. Yeah. And I'm still rider. Die for the squad yeah. So you know which side that I'm on If a battle line's ever drawn But if I get involved It'll be like canines in a bra But not similar to Mike Vick at all Cause even if I don't have a dog in the fight They ain't never gonna get rid of the fight in the dog Got stripes like a tiger So you might get mauled And Mike in the palms like claws I can swing right for your jaw And rip it off with one swipe of the paw Bitch, you still on my dick or no? If I suck, your wife is a straw. I'm sick and I'm not gonna cover my mouth next time that I cough. I see these bars are like COVID. You get them right off the bat. Tracked with SARS and Corona. Like you took a bite off of that. Then it goes from Martian to human. That's how the virus attacks. They come at me with machine guns. Like trying to fight off a net. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call that cool motherfucking shit. And we always start cool shit with some special delivery. And that is the mailbag. And we're coming to you from Yambag City. Nice. (laughs) And the question is, I'm sure you guys have noticed when there were crowds of people booing faces, cheering heels, chanting boring, etc. for a while now. Do you think it's disrespectful? Or is it a sign that the higher-ups need to start listening to the fans more? Um, I'll start it off. If you're talking about WWE, I'm going to say it's a little bit of both. I mean, heels and faces are kind of made off crowd reactions, so you should kind of go with the crowd. That's how it was done, but things are a little different this year, and I get that 
you know, sometimes you can't let the crowd dictate the show. And, you know, there's all, cause there's always going to be those groups of people that shit on everything, regardless of what you do. And the situation exacerbates when herd mentality comes into play, you know, when, you know, someone starts booing someone and people think it's cool. It turns into monkey see monkey do. Um, but on the flip side, you can only get away with dictating what the fans like or should like, or just like for a long, for so long, because you have like Cena was getting booed for so long. You had Hogan in the nineties that started getting booed Roman Reigns, 2014 Batista, you know, there, there's good, there will be pushback if the crowd wants someone. And when you have your ear to the ground with your Austins and your rocks and with your Hogan heel turns and with Daniel Bryan, and you know, that keeps the crowd involved. And you know, that catapults the wrestlers to the next level. We all remember um, the, the outcry for Daniel Bryan, cause they were trying to just push him down and they were about to give us a WrestleMania main event that we did not want to see, which was Batista and Randy Orton. We like both wrestlers, but that shit was just the wrong place at the wrong time. And thankfully they listened to the crowd, but you know, as far as chanting boring, I, I don't, I don't really like that. But at the same time, if the crowd's acting out, it's because they are bored and they're bored because the product isn't very good. So, you know, start, stop insulting the crowd's intelligence and, you know, put on something good. And I, and they have, they've shown that they have, because I mean, it's hard these years, these days with the, without a crowd and shit like that. But, you know, Drew McIntyre was getting cheered. Daniel Bryan still does get cheered. You know, you have people, but like, you know, if you want the proper response, you got to kind of listen to the crowd. It goes both ways. Yeah. Like we've talked about it. I like, I enjoy watching a new Japan pro wrestling match because it seems like the crowds of Japan really have an understanding of what kind of uh, traditionally the crowd's role in a wrestling match is. Um, and I think also with mainstream American promotions, like there is a certain entitlement people have of having a voice. Right. Like, you know, we talked about it. We uh, now I look back at it so fondly, but when we went to the house show last December, like, People pay because they want to chant, this is awesome. Like, they want to have that experience that they see on TV. Right. You know? And so that's, like, they feel like they're entitled to be able to do those things. Like, Yeah. And to be, to be honest with you, it's, like, I if you pay money and you chant, as long as it's not, like, you know, super vulgar in front of kids and you're not throwing anything in the ring and not hopping the guardrail, then chant whatever you want. Like some, I mean, even if it's stupid, whatever you pay the money. Cool. Like it's not going to bother me. Like it's, and like a lot of, it, it gets under the skin of a lot of wrestlers, but other wrestlers usually make it work. So, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. Like I said, bottom line is the reason why, and a lot of the reason why the, I think a lot of the reason why the crowd is acting out is because they're bored. And they're bored because they're getting spoon fed a product that's not very good. So, you know. Yeah. And if you're at a pay per view or at Raw, you're there for a long, long time. Yeah. And you're not paying. And I'm sure that and those tickets aren't cheap. And you didn't pay top dollar to watch a glorified version of Monday Night Raw. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's, it go, it's a two way street. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And I think you're right, though. I think the crowds will continue to do what the crowds want to do because especially with like WWE because they have the most like they're the biggest and have the recent history with it. But the crowds have forced people over. They've put people yeah. over like 
Daniel Bryan, like Rusev Day, you know, it's like, so you got to listen to that because they're also the ones buying the shirts and the tickets and the $9.99 a month and the toys and the collectibles and on and on. Yep. But yeah, on to the next one. This one's from the final boss. And he says, or she says, Happy New Year. With the ratings consistently getting lower, I think it's because there isn't many wrestlers that have star power. Who on the current roster could be the next Stone Cold or Rock type to bring wrestling back? Ah, this question again. Well, I'm going to start off again. And the short answer is no one. Because Stone Cold and The Rock are Stone Cold and The Rock. The reason why they've transcended the business is because what they have can't be manufactured. And, like, I don't know how long you've been watching Wrestling Final, Final Boss, but obviously long enough. It's just like when wrestling hit its boom period, it was a perfect storm. Like, all those things weren't even really supposed to happen. Vince McMahon got carried into the Attitude Era kicking and screaming. And the only reason he did what he did was because he almost got put out of business by WCW. And you can't replicate it today for so many reasons. I mean, the, the world we live in, the, the, you know, WWE being a publicly traded company, like, and it's also by design. The WWE doesn't want anyone over like that. So what the WWE does need to do is not try to find the next John Cena or find the next Stone Cold, but build the, keep building the first Drew McIntyre, keep building the first Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks, Roman Reigns, and, and make stars out of those guys. Because you can. They have, the, they have the legitimacy. Yeah. It's funny as you were talking about that, you know, it, it's like nostalgia is so corrosive in professional wrestling because it's like we're dealing with this shit all the time now it's like people don't cheer the right way why can't we have stars like that and on and on and i'm sure trust me there's people who looked at the attitude area attitude era and talked about how great it was with the territories and you know when you know wrestling was the heel versus the face and the face was the good guy and you know like all this and but I think the other the other thing that just like it's it's like <clears throat> you're not appreciating the modern product or what's being put in front of you of you if you're always pining for something from the past, and then what that happens. So what happens then is you get this shit at Super Showdown, right? That's you what get I was Triple say. H ripping a peck and like Shawn Michael like. Yeah. you get that that's not good that's like that is it's just a blight on the on the industry you know yeah and i'm really on the fence with the sting thing too like don't get and it twisted am, someone but, asked me what i thought about that and then because it's like you have these marks on both sides going oh wwe rips on or people rip on wwe for having greenberg on but then it's okay to have sting there's a big difference though. Sting hasn't wrestled a match yet. And the thing is, I don't have a problem seeing Sting and I really wouldn't have a problem seeing Greenberg. But the fact of the matter is Goldberg is wrestling in matches in the main event and winning belts. When Sting does that, you better believe if Sting does that, you better believe I'm going to be saying the same shit I'm saying about Goldberg because they do they can be there. There's a place for them, but it's not to win titles. 
Because all that's showing, if you have the old guy coming in and beating the new talent for the title, it's showing them that the new talent sucks, and this this is why you have to watch. But then the old talent goes away, so what do you have left? Nobody's going to tune in. They're going to tune in for that rating spike, and that's it. And it's an ongoing thing that WWE is always getting themselves into. They get a big rating spike, and then it goes down because you don't have your legends there. And well, speak, right? Are we doing a Raw Legends soon? We are. But we are. Yeah, man, it's like, I don't know, it's a vicious cycle. It's why I don't agree with the tribalism, but it's like, you know, everybody has points. They're right. Like, AEW paces their shit wrong, and it does get too spot-heavy and too flippy-dippy. WWE leans on these, leans on stars of the past, buries new talent, doesn't know how to develop talent outside of NXT. Like these are right. all facts that like that doesn't mean they're not both good and they can't both be enjoyed. But right. anyways, we got a guy named Wrestle Fan or a girl named Wrestle Fan Oh One. You guys talked about who your pick was to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Do you guys still have the same thoughts? Who would you like to see in the big game that currently actually has a shot? So first off, I don't even remember who I said. Thoughts are fleeting. They're in the moment. They exist and they, they don't anymore. Um, uh, but I'm pretty sure we probably talked about the chefs. We probably talked about Green Bay. Probably yeah. talked about, I don't know. Did we talked about Saints, Seattle? The Saints. Yeah, yeah Seattle. Um, so I don't really know. I haven't paid too much attention to it. Although I did, I mean, it's so hard because they keep postponing games, COVID yeah. outbreaks, like it's, it's very tough. And they just had a game on Amazon that wasn't even on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I can't keep track of it. Now they're all four kneeling when they weren't, but right. Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. But in the end, um, from what Xander tells me, uh, the Chiefs are locked up the number one seed in the AFC. They're defending champions. They probably have the best quarterback, young talent in the league. They've got a coach who's been to many big games, lost a lot, won some. So you got to like them from the AFC. Um, word on the street is that Buffalo is actually looking live this year. So yeah, I think I believe they're twelve and three or 13 and three, maybe like they have a pretty stacked record and they're not really getting talked about a lot, you know, small market team Jones who's flying under the radar, but I'm, I would be stoked for Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl and maybe new Orleans sneaks in there I'd, because I don't know, you know, who my pick would be if I had it completely my way, but I'm being a realist here and I'm just, yeah, I'd like to see Buffalo get a shot and actually win it this time. What's up with green Bay? Oh, they're still, they're, they're, I think they're the number one seed in the NFC, honestly. Right. And then, and then, so the NFC West is probably Seattle then. Yeah. Because the Rams lost. So, yeah. and well, because Goff, Goff isn't as good as they Goffed. He's not that good, honestly. Not as good as they paid him. So, no, but they still got, you know, that girly running back was always really good. Oh, wait. Yeah. But he's not on the he's team anymore. He's not on their team anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. At least they got a nice big stadium. Yeah, that no one can go to. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you but, watch 
did you watch the uh, Match.com commercial? Yeah, that, that, was, that he said. Yeah, that was hilarious. I yeah, with, that. when they're when they're having the picnic in the football stadium. Yep. Oh, that's so good. That's a, I can't believe that's a real commercial. I thought that was like a I thought someone just made it on the YouTube machine or something. No. Two zero call me twenty twenty. Uh, hilarious. Yeah. But like he was alluding to though, I just have to say it, put it on wax. The Cowboys have are yet to be eliminated. So in the words no. of Lloyd Christmas, so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they do get in there and get far, then we'll we'll know that 2020 really is some shit. Is some shit. But you know what is always the shit? Match of the week. And oh, we gotta, we... Dude, I forgot about this one. Um, I feel like, yeah, this could have been the pay-per-view where we were drinking the strawberry, strawberry margaritas. I think so. Right, right about that time. But uh, when I went back and checked it out, really, really, really good. You know? Yeah. I mean, the shield consisting of Dean Ambrose, who's now John Moxley again, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. And then the Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Brody Lee, and then Eric Rowan is just like that. That match was just off the hook. Like all six of those guys just really put in work. And, you know, the Shield members were all on top of their game at one point or another. And it just showed, like, honestly, I wanted to bring in a match that really showcased Brody Lee. And I initially I had him when he took the title off Cody Rhodes, but that was like a glorified squash match. And you didn't really see what he could do. So I did this one. And, I mean, it didn't disappoint. No, and it's, like, it's interesting because – like everybody from like those six guys all have kind of went like how their careers have evolved, you know, like Roman reigns in the shield never talked. He basically was muscle, right? Like, yeah. And then like, I loved Seth Rollins in the shield. Hold on on a second, dude. Keep going. Sorry. I loved, I loved Seth Rollins in the shield. Um, you know, the Dean Ambrose character in the Shield was good, but it's hard to disassociate what happened later on when he was singles from that. But and then just, dude, I love the Wyatt family from the get. Bray Wyatt was cutting the best weird promos, um, and then yeah, he had he had you know Brody Lee and. He had uh, Eric Rowan with the Cavs head on it. And yeah. there was like. I mean, you know, we were just talking about cheering earlier, you know, and how the crowd likes to cheer. But when the crowd was chanting, this is awesome before the match even started. And like when they initially had the stare down on a Monday Night Raw, it just showed how like the chemistry was with all six of those guys. And I mean, you know, from with the Wyatt family, too, with the tw- with the letters that. Um, both Wyatt and Rowan put out it just showed how much people looked up to Luke Harper and like he was kind of I watched the match and I watched made sure to watch him the most because you know this is showcasing him obviously and he was kind of the backbone of that match especially when the heels are getting heat on people and I mean there's the guy for a big man really knows how to move around in the ring and he's not your classic you know kick and punch big guy you know 
Yeah, and it just harkens back to like just a different gimmick and showing kind of like the breadth of wrestler or skills that he had when you look at going from that and then, you know, really coming into his own, getting getting some good shine at AEW. Right. Um, and it's funny to see, too. I mean, it's not funny, but you know what I mean? It's like, I don't think that program was over between him and Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? I think, you know, just now everything seems a little bit more clear. It sounds like that they maybe like, called an audible because he was sick. And, like, you know, that's why Cody won the belt back so fast. I'm just like, I'm just, it's merely speculation. I could be totally wrong, but now things are, like, coming to light. You know what I mean? It's like, it just seemed like this character had more legs just the way people were talking are talking now and like and props to AEW too for like keeping his you know condition under wraps because you know to be fair that's none of our business but him and his families and his employers but so it was just good that he had the privacy that he deserved yeah 100 percent, i agree with that i was thinking just thinking about that too so and you're right like yeah i mean the the bray wyatt's message too was you know he just showed like Again, like we talked about, it is a family, you know, and the people that he touched, he obviously touched very deeply, which is a tribute to the man himself, you know, so. Right. Um, great match to watch as you do watch, you know, drink it in, watch him. It's easy to watch the flamboyant Bray Wyatt or the, you know, bulletproof vest clad Roman Reigns, but check out the Luke Harper. All right, now that we got match of the week out of the way, we are going to go on to watch of the week. And like I was saying earlier, I have um, acquired a subscription to HBO Go, and they have. I was wondering where all these shows on Netflix went, and I found out. And HBO cut your boy a deal that he couldn't refuse, so I signed up. And so I'll just go real quick of the stuff I've been watching. Stuff that I've seen before, it's just good to see South Park every once in a while when you're eating, put it on a classic episode. During the holidays, I checked out Woodland Critter Christmas and Red Sleigh Down, both classics. Um, a little Doctor Who, that's like real, it's on the BBC channel. It's about the, uh, the Time Lord, and he goes through different times and he can change the effect of things that happen, but he can't go back. And it's pretty cool. They're on there like, I don't even God knows how many, a doctor. And then I've been watching Metalocalypse. It's about this band that like is literally trying to take over the world and all their hijinks. They're quick 15 minute episodes, cool heavy metal song riffs and just a nice throwback to heavy metal. And then um, Jendi Tartofsky's Primal. I've been wanting to check it out. He's uh, made like Samurai Jack and uh, Dexter's Laboratory. And this is about, you know, it's a guy in the prehistoric era and his family gets killed by a T-Rex and he befriends the kid of the t-rex that killed his family and they go on adventures it's silent you know just like sounds and stuff like that really cool great artwork and then i've been watching uh steak porn on the uh instagram i follow this this brand called what's it called let me find it really fast it's called um hold on i don't remember what it's called but they just show like sharp knives cutting into tender cuts of meat Different cuts, prime ribs, uh, spare ribs, fillets, ribeyes, all the good stuff. Oh, it's called Steak World on Instagram. It's pretty cool. You'd, you'd enjoy it, Bobby. I do love a good steak, that's for sure. 
We, what have I been watching? Um, <clears throat> sticking with the, uh, this is actually a French murder mystery, but uh, it's show Agatha Christie's Poirot, Hercules Poirot, very famous uh, main character of ongoing novels by the great mystery author Agatha Christie. Um, I'm sure there's lots of them on Audible if you guys want to get an Audible book. Um, but don't let that prevent you from listening to the entirety of the rest of right. um, But it's really good. Uh, the actor who plays Poirot is great. It's fr- the French. It's, again, like a really well done period piece. Um, and it's just fun. Like you get in the, you try to solve the mysteries, man. It's like, I don't know, it's just good TV. Um, obviously, NBA, the only people who have at least for a small bit, beat COVID by having a COVID-free bubble, which obviously resulted in a Lakers championship. So definitely been watching the first week of the season, like some of what I see, just like others what I see. But, you know, there's always a championship hangover, man. When you get that ring the first night, um, I have no doubt that if push comes to shove, the Lakers will wax the Clippers, like Danielson, wax the car. By the way, January 1st, third season of Cobra Kai. I saw Boom. that. Oh, right here. Jesus Christo. Yep. Pretty excited for that. So that'll be what I knock out real quick because I was pleasantly surprised by that show. Yeah. And then the last one we just blew through, uh, binge watched, was uh, I, I think it's uh, from 2019, maybe, maybe 18, late 18. Uh, Buddy versus Duff, which is Buddy Velaster, the cake boss, dun dun dun, versus Duff, who is the ace of cakes, the ace of cakes. Uh, both had good shows. They're known for doing really over the top, outlandish stuff, and they have a series of competitions head to head. They get judged on. Um, it was really fun. I liked it. I won't say who won, but um, you definitely get to see. Uh, a strong contrast in styles. So really enjoyed that. So that's pretty much what we've been watching. Uh, always checking out things on the YouTube. Um, there's an ongoing series uh, Nike is doing about the dunks, uh, which I think they're doing once a week. I think the last one was last week. So always watching those because I love the dunks. Right. So. Well, we got some good TV to watch. And like I said, if you're looking for something to watch, you know, feel free to take our advice. Or if you think we would like something, check us out. We forgot to give you the tagline. You can find me at Xander Hobbs on Instagram. And then you can find Bobby where? At WrestleOcalypse on the IG and the Twitter machine. But now we're coming up the nitty gritty. We're going to get rid of one. And this week we're going into the Sports Illustrated Models of the 90s. Late 80s, 90s, baby. Well, so, it's like, yeah, it's it's in the early 2000s. Is it really? These yeah. Ones? Uh, Heidi Klum, I think, was 02 when I looked into it. Okay. Well, nonetheless, Sports Illustrated models from all eras. So we're going to get rid of one. Will it be Elle McPherson or Kathy Ireland or Christy Brinkley or Heidi Klum? Well, I, I set it up in a tournament-style setting, and um, so Ellen McPherson went up against Heidi Klum, and then Kathy Ireland went up against 
Christy Brinkley, and then um, Kathy Ireland and Ellen McPherson were victorious. And then I ended up giving it to Ellen McPherson. Ellen McPherson's getting the boot? Or you're, she's beating all of them? You she's beating all one. of them. The one I'm giving the boot is Heidi Klum. I don't know but who yes, to get I, I'm just saying that of the four, when I went to, I just went to um, swimsuit.si.com or whatever, and you can just like look them up. And I saw, I look, I reintroduced myself to all of them. And uh, yeah, definitely um, Heidi Klum, just like, I don't know, the early 2000s. It's like, it was just not, not the nostalgia wasn't there for me to put her, to get her in. So she, yeah. Died. I think I'm going to boot her out too. I'm going to go with you. Nostalgia factor wins this yeah. time. But Kathy yeah. Ireland and Ellen McPherson was a battle royale. 60 minutes. I mean, many near falls. Finish kicking out of finishers. Yeah. So, yeah. but I want. I think if I had to pick the winner of the whole thing, I would pick Kathy Ireland because that was like a childhood crush of mine. Yeah. See, like nostalgia. This is like based on nostalgia. They're all very sure. beautiful. Smart, yes. intelligent women. Absolutely. So nothing. They all look better than me. Barely. Yep. Barely. Uh, barely. Hold on a sec. Sit down. All right. We're down to the wire. So we got walkout music. Bobby, what are you coming out to? I'm. Uh, I'm asking you. And everyone else to come with me. A song by a band called The Deviates. Um, it's a very good, uh, nice little punk rock song because that's what I've been into and that's what I've been listening to. So, uh, come with me. Check this awesome song out and uh, check it out on the Spotify machine after this episode of Europa. And I'm going to go with Bludgecuted just because I've been on a roll watching the show. And it reminded me of when we went to go see them live and then also when we were supposed to see them live. So check it out. 
for days man chops for days oh, always Brendan small shreds and who's playing drums Brendan small yeah they're really fucking good yeah but now that we are in the ring we're gonna ba- go back to our list of band moves and today we are going to be talking about the brain buster yeah, it's crazy because I it's like I feel like it's an iconic move, but I didn't actually know exactly what it was. Yeah. And according to Wikipedia, the Brain Buster is a professional wrestling throw in which a wrestler puts the opponent in a front face lock, hooks their pants or thigh, and lifts them up as if they were executing a vertical suplex. The wrestler then falls onto their back, so the opponent lands on their head while remaining vertical. The move is a version of the DDT. And it was innovated by Killer Carl Cox. And um, in Japanese Puerto Risu, the term brain buster reverse to a vertical suplex, while the move elsewhere known as known a ver- vertical drop brain buster. The brain buster is banned in the WWE because the person receiving the move will land on the top of their head or neck without permission yeah, or protection. Protection. <laughs> it's like there's just no way around it. No. It's there's there's very little room for error, and the few people that throw it. These days, like you'll see it in a lot of new, in New Japan, and they throw it like it's nothing because I believe their necks are made of steel. <laughs> and um, Austin Aries threw a brain, pretty good brain buster as well. And so, I mean, you don't see it at all. Um, Chavo Guerrero used to throw one. So did Eddie Guerrero before they. That was the setup to the frog splash when they did it. And um, there's also obviously a lot of variations to it and stuff like that. And um, like I said, there's a reason why you do not see it. And with all these variations, there's some of these that I haven't even seen. So, yeah, and it is. It's like it seems to be uh, basically reserved to the NJPW guys. Not neither use it use a variation as Valencia. Um, but I do like this. I didn't realize it, but. Finn Balor's 1916 is a variation of the brain. Yes, it is. It is. And that's why he uses it very few and far between. So, and you, when, yeah. he, when, he, when he uses it, you know that that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. And then I did like this because Jay White also uses this move, a, a yep. cross arm brain buster. And um, Jay White is getting some run in New Japan. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be going up against the winner of. I believe Kota Ibushi or Tetsuya Naito. 
because whoever wins that in Wrestle Kingdom A will go on to fight Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom the second night, which if you check out the Wrestle Kingdom card, it looks stacked. And we will be talking about that in the next episode. Yes, indeed, we will. But for this episode, we are going to call it a night. And we're going to call it a year. And before we do our um, normal call out, I just want to thank everyone for putting up with us and listening to us in this tumultuous year and for giving us listens, downloads and likes and sending in your mailbag. And we just hope to keep on. We will keep on continuing to bring more of this hard hitting cool shit of the Wrestleocalypse. I also want to thank my partner, Bobby, for hanging in there with me, for keeping me up to point and for, um, doing all of the fine editing that he's been doing. So big props to him. Thank you, Xander. I always appreciate the knowledge, the music, the uh, je ne sais quoi that you bring to the, uh, or extra savoir faire that you bring to the program. But I would say we can stop giving each other a reach around. And on that note, <laughs> yours truly Xander Hobbs. Ours truly Bobby B. Fuck 2020. And on that note, Listen to this.